Hallelujah. Thank you for uh, having me here with you today. Uh, it's been a blessing. I was here a couple, three weeks ago, and I just, the Lord gave me a message for you today. And I just want to say I love your pastor. <laughs> I really do. He, he is a hungry pastor, and he's, he's really just open, let Holy Spirit have his way. I don't find that all the time. It's really special, and I've sat down with him a few times and just talked, and there's not many people, I, normally I'm pouring out, but when I sit down with him, I, I, I get so filled too. I get so refreshed, and I just come away just so excited for what God is doing. And I've been feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong since last night. I'm, I'm driving here this morning, and I'm, I'm just feeling his spirit. I'm just feeling his love for you. I'm feeling a hunger in this place for revival. It's going to not maybe look the way you think it's going to look, and maybe it will, but the Holy Spirit does things he, the way he wants to do them. We don't dictate to Holy Spirit, you can have revival, but you have to do this, this, and that, and you have to keep this section out of it, and that just doesn't work like that. God's not one to be ordered around by man. He's sovereign. He's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. I've been walking in revival for about six years now. It's awesome. People are being healed everywhere. People are being delivered. People are being set free from their past. Lives are being changed. Something's being birthed in their lives. Churches are birthing revival. Why not here? Why not here? I think this is a great place for it. I drove here this morning and... This was the same route that I drove for eight years as I would go up onto Route 12 and I went to work. I was a steel worker six years ago. I worked in furnaces. Yeah. We get tried by fire, right? <laughs> it was a dirty job. But I left it all behind to serve the Lord. Amen. I walked away. I walked away. I sold my house. I... Fortunately, I went through a divorce. I left my kids who are here today. I love you guys. Thank you for your support. My kids are awesome. Yep. My grandkids, just awesome. My family, my mom, my dad, such, so much support from them. And I leave for long periods of times, two to six months sometimes. And I go and travel into Kenya, into Ukraine, going back to Kenya on Wednesday, and I'm going into Ukraine uh, this summer for two or three months. Last time I was there, man, revival is being birthed. I mean, everywhere we went, people are being delivered. People are healed every service. People are crying out. They're, they're, they're encountering the Lord, the Holy Spirit. It's in our fruit that we're known Today is going to be a little bit different for you, and I know at 11.30 in one hour, um, you're going to have to get your kids, but I'm, we, want, we want to get the kids, and there will be an announcement that will come up, but I want to encourage you, if you're encountering Holy Spirit, then send your spouse to get them. <laughs> yeah. 
don't leave the presence and go and get your kids and bring them back. Something's going to happen today. Something's going to shift in this church. I feel it so strong. Something's going to be birthed in this church. It's something that is being birthed. There's an encounter coming today. I want you to expect it. If you feel the presence of the Lord today, don't, don't hold back. Don't, if you start to cry, just cry. Who cares what your neighbor thinks? Man, I cry all the time unto the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. He's awesome. You're going to leave here free. You're going to leave here filled. You're going to leave here changed. You're going to leave here carrying revival. If you want to get out in the aisles or come up front and lay on the floor, I don't care. You just do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do and don't hold back. He's given me a message for you today. Six years ago, my life was a mess. I was going through my third divorce. There's a man standing here today that's been divorced three times. What, God can use somebody who's divorced? Religion will tell you that can't happen. But God will tell you otherwise. There's grace. I don't care what's in your past. I care about your future. I care about today. I care about you being healed. I care about you being delivered. I care about you encountering the living God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And today is your day. So just grab a hold of it today. Let go. You know, the sermons have been on the wells, and we need to tap into the new well. The Bible says that you can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. That's what my message is going to be on today. The old wineskin. You have to become a new wineskin. Hallelujah. You know, the spirit of the Lord is forgiving. The spirit of the Lord is grace. He's mercy. He's kindness. He's love. He's compassion. Yes, he disciplines. I've been disciplined by the Lord. It's painful. But it's always done in love. If you feel like you're being disciplined in something that's not love, it's not God. You'll always come out feeling loved. You'll always be thankful for his discipline. He knows when to love and he knows when to discipline. He's a good God. He does both, but he does everything in love. He is love. Six years ago, my life is a mess. Fear, anxiety, and depression is my portion. It looks like I have my whole life together. I'm the mayor of my town. I'm working at a six-figure job. But have a big, a big house. It doesn't matter what you have possession-wise. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters what is going on in the inside. Who are you really on the inside? Today is a day to be honest with yourself, not to pretend, oh, I got it all together. I'm good. No, if you're thinking that you're good, then you're probably deceived because there's more in Jesus Christ. There's more healing. There's more deliverance. There's more righteousness. There's more truth. 
He's the God of more. That's what I love about this ministry he gave me, Ministry of Reconciliation, M-O-R, more. He gave me the website more.faith, more faith. He gave me that name a few years ago, and I wrote, I just gave it to me out of nowhere, Ministry of Reconciliation International, restoring hearts to the Father through the word, healing and deliverance. I ran inside and I wrote it down and I waited a year and a half to, to begin the ministry two years ago. My life has been a journey the last six years. You know, my mother was praying one day. You, you mothers and you fathers, you grandparents, pray for your kids. Pray for the prodigals. Pray for your children who are hurting. But don't just pray for them. Listen for a word. One word from God will change your entire life. Just one word. I can speak to you all day long and it may never change your life. But if a word from the Lord comes into your life, it will change you. Something will shift on the inside. Something will become alive and the well of the Holy Spirit will begin to bubble up on the inside of you. The word was this. She called me and said, Vince, I heard from the Lord. My response, because I knew fear and judgment and accusation and, and all these things. I knew, I knew all these things that I was, uh, people said about me and the things that maybe I even was. But the word, she said, I have a word. I said, yeah, right, mom. Okay, what is it? I didn't think God would speak to me. I grew up in a Christian church. I grew up and was saved at eight years old. At 12, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I was a rebellious child who was broken on the inside and didn't understand God's love. I understood religion. I understood works. I understood that I had to perform. And in my 20s, I had an encounter with God and I began to walk with him for two years. That encounter was amazing. God's love poured into my life. I stopped all of my sin, but you know, I thought that God loved me during that time because I stopped my sin. I cleaned up myself so now he could love me. I was good enough for him. We're never good enough for him. It's only by the grace of God that we're good. He's the one who's good, but his presence changes us. Salvation makes a right standing with God through Jesus Christ. The word was this. She said, Vince, I heard this from the Lord. It was so clear. She said, the Lord says, if you take your need out of others to love you, and you put that need into God, God, I need you to love me. You will find him. He will change your life. And he will use you in a powerful way. I said, Mom, is this true? Don't be playing with me. She said, Vince, if I ever heard anything in my life, I heard that. I went upstairs and I got down on my knees because 18 years, after two years of relationship with him, I fell into sin. And for 18 years, I lost the presence of God. Not because of my sin, 
but because of my self-righteousness, because of my faith in that I had to be good. I created an idol out of myself and believed that Vince had something to do with salvation when it's all about Jesus. It's all about grace. It's all about his kindness and his love. For 18 years, I can remember three times that I heard a whisper from the Lord. I lived the best way that I could, but stuck in addiction, stuck in, in old habits, stuck, stuck in the old way, stuck in the past, living out of the past, living out of a false identity. And 18 years later, I'm a broken man at the bottom of a dirty well. I went upstairs, I got down on my knees, and I said, God, if this is true, if you can love me, if this is true, if you can love me, I will give you my whole life. I will do anything, I will go anywhere for you. I will take my need out of others to love me. I'll put that need into you, God, I need you to love me. And for the first time in 18 years, the Holy Spirit came upon me, just as he is right now. And I felt his presence all over me. And I said, there has to be something I'm believing that is not truth. The Bible says the truth sets you free. If the truth sets you free, then it's the lie that holds you into bondage. What if it's really that simple that we stop believing the lies and start believing the truth and it'll set us free? What if he really just loves us because he created us for a relationship? What if he really just died for us in our own sin? Even when we were detestable, he poured out his love and that he gave his only son to die that we might live through him. And I began to press into the Lord. I began to press in and press in, and I began to have encounters with the living God again. I can remember so many encounters crying and weeping in his presence, opening the word and just pouring out, shedding tears onto the pages as I'm like, God, you love me. You know, I didn't even clean up my sin. How is that possible? How can God love somebody in sin? I told him, if you love me, then you're going to love me at my worst. And if you can love me at my worst, I'll know that it's not about me, but it is about you. I will know about your grace. I will know how good that you are. If this is true and your love is this truth that I'm feeling, then I need to have more. God, I need more love. I need more of you. I need more of your presence. There were times that I would be in his presence weeping and crying. And then the next night I would be doing my sin, not because I wanted to, but because I couldn't stop. I was stuck because of the demonic strongholds of my past. But though I said one thing, your Bible says in Hebrews 4, that I can boldly enter the throne room of grace. 
And that next night, I would run into his presence saying, Father, here I am. Here I am. Your word says I can boldly enter in, and I'm reading the word. And if I seen something that wasn't love, I would know. I'd have to go back and reread it. I have to find the love. Where is the love? And I began to read the word in a whole new way. I would be in his presence. I would be crying and weeping again. And I would say, but God, didn't you just see what I just did? How can you love me? Do you know what he said to me every time? He said, Vince, I love you. Vince, I love you. I would just weep. He loves me. He loves you. What if God's not so concerned about your sin as he is your heart? What if he wants your heart but you can't give it to him because you're living out of the old well? What if you're living out of rejection, hurt and pain and fear and abandonment and trauma and abuse? How can you be the new wineskin if you're living out of the old? How is the new wine going to be able to be poured into the old wineskin? How is a new well supposed to be dug when you settle for the old one? Today is time to come out of the old well. Turn to Romans chapter 8. I want to read from there today. You know, God continued to love me, continued to pour out to me, and he called me and told me to go to Bible college. So I packed everything up into a storage unit. Got into an RV and headed for Bible college in Colorado to Andrew Womack's. Karis Bible College. God then sent me the next year to Randy Clark's school. And then I went back to Global, or then to Global Awakening. Then I went back to Karis the following year. You know what the Lord taught me? The Word and the Spirit. We need the foundation of the Word. I call it my Karis sandwich, the foundation of the Word. But if you have the word, but you don't have the spirit, the letter kills and the spirit gives life. But if you have just the spirit, what spirit are you manifesting? How do you know that's the Holy Spirit if you don't have the word? I see too many people saying, oh, more Holy Spirit. And there's a demon manifesting there. It's because they don't have the word. They don't have the discerning of spirits. That's a gifting. 1 Corinthians 12. I go to Bible college. I'm still struggling with some sins. Still got some addictions in my life. Pornography still has a hold of me. I know there's probably many people in here that struggle with pornography. It's a, it's a sin that's in the church. Nobody speaks about it. But there's freedom from it. 
But if you don't go to the one that can heal you, if you don't go to the one who delivers you, how are you ever going to get set free when you hang your head in shame? The devil gets you to do this instead of doing this. Maybe if you were loved, you'll get so filled with love who is God because God is love that the darkness will get pushed out of you. Maybe you'll get so full of love from God's goodness that you won't want your sins anymore. I'm at Bible college still struggling with some things. I smoked marijuana all of my life since 14 years old. I'm still struggling at Bible college. But one day, I'm in the shower. That's a good place to get clean. <laughs> I'm crying again unto the Lord. I'm like, God, you've proved it to me. One whole year, you've loved me in the midst of my sin. You've never rejected me. You never said anything about my sin. All you did was tell me how much you loved me over and over and over. Some of you can't hear that because you don't have your need into him to love you. You have it in man who's rejecting you. You have it in your hurts and your pains of your past. I began to cry unto him, God, you love me. You love me. This is a God that I can serve. This is a God who I can give everything to. This love is so beautiful. You put it into my life. I can't turn away from it anymore. I said, I'll give you all of my life, God. I surrendered again. Take me and send me wherever you want to send me. I will go. I will be your yes and amen, man. And I began to say in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I'm done with you. I didn't even know a Christian can have a demon. I'm born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, sp tongue speaking, and in Bible college. And I began to say in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm done with you, Satan. I'm done with your witchcraft. I'm done with your, your addictions. I'm done with your altars. I'm done with the things that you've come against me with. I'm not serving you anymore. Get out of my life. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm done with you. I've had enough. I'm not serving you anymore. Get out now in Jesus' name. And I began to rebuke him. Within one or two minutes, I felt all of this darkness from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head come out of my body, out of my soul. And my body and my soul came more into alignment with my spirit man. I got so set free, all my addictions left like that. All the desires for him, gone. Gone. That's love. That wasn't Vince, that was grace. That was his mercy, that's his love. You know, that was a Wednesday night. That Friday night, I went to a place in the Springs where we would go to evangelize. I was out evangelizing uh, on Friday nights in the Springs, and 
I went down and I opened up my Bible to James and I said, listen, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Can I have the night? And they said, yeah, you can have the night. It says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. See, I didn't have any more shame because I got delivered of the demons causing the shame. You know, I began to share in a group of 12 people, around 12 people, a male and female, and I shared all of my sins. They couldn't believe it. They just seen the, the Bible guy that came and went out as evangelized and was on fire for God because I was on fire for God and at the same time I was demonized. You can have both. You know what happened that day? Revival came into the room. For the first time, I tasted revival. People began to get onto their knees and they were crying and weeping all over the room. They began to confess their sins. And we started to baptize people in the bathtub. That's the power of revival. That's the power of surrender. That's the power of obedience. All I could do was just give him my life, a piece at a time, and he took a piece at a time. And he's been taking a piece at a time because every time I think I gave him everything, he shows me something else I need to give him. Every time I think I'm, I'm healed emotionally or uh, of the past, it's, he, he, he shows me something else and it comes up and I... I let it out and I get healed. I get delivered of it. I don't want it anymore. What does Romans 8 say? Romans 8 verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> That's a good verse. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Did you look in the mirror lately? How many times have you condemned yourself recently? Who are you to condemn yourself? Who are you to condemn others? It is Christ who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You are loved by Christ. You are loved by the Father. You are loved by the Holy Spirit. He is radically in love with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's not a God of rules and regulations. He's a God of love and relationship. You will live your most holy and righteous life when you live it through him. 
when you die, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after him and you die to yourself, the Bible says when the seed of wheat falls into the ground, it must die in order for it to come alive. Some of you aren't living because you haven't died. I'm dying every day. Every day, I gotta die more. Every day, I gotta surrender more. He's too good to miss anything. I'm dirty. In my flesh, I'm no good. But Christ, when he's alive inside of me, when I'm living out of him, it's beautiful. There's love pouring out of me. There's grace pouring out of me and I'm looking like his image. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now listen. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written. Now it's about to quote the Old Testament. The old well. For your sake... We are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Some of you are living as sheep to be slaughtered. This is Old Testament. This is not a new biblical come into your life, believe this thing. This says no. In all of these things... You are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. For I am sure neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I read this one day. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and he said, Vince, there's something missing. What do you mean, God? How could there be something missing from your word? Your word says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He said, yeah, but I didn't put something in there. Go read it again. And so I go back to verse 30 and I read it again. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor things to come are... Nor, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come. What's missing? Is our God a three-timeline God? Or is he just a two-timeline God? Nor things present, nor things to come can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Something's missing. The past. God, wait a second. Did you forget to put that in there? Of course not. God, why is the past not in this? He says, Vince, the past can separate you from the love of God. Whew. I didn't put it in there because it wouldn't be true. I said, God, I, I need to see more. You need to prove this to me in your word. I need to see this again. He said, okay. Go to 1 Corinthians 3.
19. It says, for the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written. He catches the wise in their craftiness. We can never be wiser than God. And when we think we're wise, he's going to catch us in our craftiness. In verse 21, it says, or 20, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, for they are futile. 21. So let no one boast in man, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God. What if the past isn't yours? What if you're holding on to something that is not even yours? What if you're living out of something that's not even yours? You're stuck in the old well. The old wineskin. What if God took away your past? What if you could be free from it? What if you don't have to identify by it anymore? Are you beginning to see something? I said, but I need to see more, Lord. He said, go to Philippians 3. So I went there. It says, not that I have already obtained this or that I'm already perfect. See, Paul knew something. Paul knew that he'd never attained. He never was made perfect. He says, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. I press on to make the gospel my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Now, if Paul is about to say, there's one thing I do, should we pay attention to that? Is it important? If there's one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. The past is always pulling on you, wanting to pull you back into it. No, I was rejected by my parents. I was rejected by an ex. I was rejected in a relationship. My children rejected me. My children hurt me. These things, and you begin to speak poison out of your mouth. And you begin to come into agreement with the old well. Your past is pulling you back. But Paul didn't say, I can easily go forward. No. He said, I press on. I press on at times. I press on to go forward. Forgetting what lies behind. I press on toward the high prize of the calling of Christ Jesus. 
Paul knew how important it was to leave the old well behind so that he could become the new wineskin and live in the new well and be watered with truth and leave the lies behind. I know you've been hurt by your past. I know you've been abused, you've been traumatized, you've been rejected, you've been abandoned, but that may be a truth to you, but it's not the truth. It's what happened to you, but it's not your identity unless you make it your identity. Hallelujah. Your identity is found in Christ Jesus. You are, you are blameless before the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You are above and you are not beneath. You are the head, you are not the tail. This is a truth that I had to learn and so I had to get set free from my past. I'm still being delivered from my past. There's still things that come up at times. I was telling the pastor in the last Three months, I had two major areas in my life where I got big time inner healing. Rejection and hurt and pain. The Lord showed me them in a dream. One was a root that was in my back, rejection. It's stabbing you in the back. It's from your past. Where are you getting your nourishment? From the roots of your past? Or from the true vine? And the one in my head was hurt and pain. And recently I just got set free from that. Powerful encounter. Just crying and weeping and moaning as all this hurt and pain is coming out of my body. I didn't even know it was there until it got triggered. I, I live in like, this is just who I am. My kids, are, I'm always upbeat. I'm always, you know, you don't see me complaining. I'm like serving people all the time. I'm doing all these things. And, and I'm doing really well, but you know what? It got triggered, and, and you could just say, no, 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 I'm not dealing with that. No, 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 I'm, I'm good. Or you can let it come up and come out. Let God heal your life. If God is love, he is the essence of love. First John 4 says it. God is love. He's the essence of love. We're created in his image. We're beings of love. But when, when love is stripped away from us, darkness enters in. And we don't look like that light, the image of Christ that we should look like. We begin to live out of what happened rather than what is to come or what is now. Church, press on. Press forward onto the high prize of the calling of Christ Jesus. If you want the new wells, you have to leave the old well behind. I said, Lord, I want to know more. He said, okay, go to Isaiah 43. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 18, I said, well, if I can see it in the Old Testament, is that powerful? What, what if even in the Old Testament, the past isn't yours? What if it's always been that way? Yeah. It says in verse 18, remember not the former things, 
Whoa. Nor consider the things of old. That sounds like a commandment to me. Remember not the former things. Now, there's a difference between letting it come up and come out. You remember it for a moment and you let all that come out. Let all that emotion come up out of you and you get healed in your soul because souls are fractured. But the Bible says is we're not supposed to live out of that. I'm not the man who was divorced three times. I'm not the man who struggled with pornography. That's not who I am. That's who I was. But I don't have any shame in it anymore. I did. I had a lot of shame. God, how can you ever use me? There's grace for everything. I don't care what you've done. I mean, I care what happened to you. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I don't care. I care that you become who God says that you are, who Jesus Christ died for you to become, that you encounter him in a way that sets you free, in a way that you begin to be birthed and to walk in revival. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Church, I know that you perceive it because I feel it in the room. God is doing a new thing in this church. Do you not perceive it? Behold, the old has passed away. The old, the new has come. He's doing a new thing now. It springs forth. Now. Right now. Right now. Right now it's springing forth. Not tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. If you miss it now, then get it in five minutes and make it your now. When it doesn't happen in tomorrow, make it your now. Make it your now. Hallelujah. Make it your now. A new thing is happening. You've been delivered from the past. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. He said, I will make a way in the wilderness, in rivers, in the desert. The old wells of revival are coming back. I experienced it in my 80s, in the 80s when I was growing up. Revivals, people falling out and being healed and getting out of wheelchairs. But it went away. Revival disappeared from the church for many years. You would have pockets of it. But... I wasn't seeing it anymore. We need revival to be refreshed. We need something new. We need, we need the new wine. But are you going to be the old wineskin that's going to burst and not carry the revival? Or do you want to be a new wineskin that lets your past go so that you can birth revival? So that not only birth in it, but you carry it. 
Pastor, I'm hearing something from the Lord. What I'm seeing in this church is this is a place of revival. God's going to birth revival in this church and you're going to usher it into this county. Are you ready? Don't control the Holy Spirit. Let him do his thing. We steward it, but we never control the Holy Spirit. We steward it, but we don't control. Don't speak about what the Holy Spirit is doing if you don't understand it. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when they were speaking against Jesus, he said, you will be forgiven for the things you say against the Son of Man, but if you speak that way against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven you. Be careful. You may not understand something. You may not understand some deliverance has happened. You may not understand something, but don't speak against what God's doing. Let the leadership discern. Bless what God's doing because any time that he's moving is powerful. I see strands that are going out from here, from this church into the county and beyond. There are strings. Something's gonna happen here. And what's going to be birthed here through what your pastor has been ushering in because he understands. He's open. There's no control in him. He just said, Holy Spirit, have your way. What's going to be birth is going to go out. How is it going to go out? Through you. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Cleanse the lepers. Freely you will receive. Freely give it away. Carry revival church. Let it be birth and never give it up. Carry it. Humble yourselves in the eyes of the Lord. And he will exalt you. Submit yourselves unto him. Resist the devil and he will flee. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In verse 25. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. What do you mean, God? I thought you did it for me. No. He said, I did it for me. I blotted out your transgressions for my own sake. That's love. 
That's love. He did it so he can have relationship with us. He did it so we could appear before him pure and holy, even in the midst of our sin. You know what you want to know what God's after? He's after your heart. God looks at the heart, and man looks at the outward appearance. He wants your heart. He wants your yes and amen. He wants you to be willing and obedient. He'll clean you up. Don't worry about that. He'll make you look beautiful. He wants relationship. He wants it from you now. When you're dirty, when you don't feel right, when you don't feel you're self-righteous, said he can show you real righteousness. You can have one man standing over here that's struggling with some sin, and this person over here is struggling with the same sin, but this person over here is rebellious and doesn't want to give it up. This person over here can't give it up, but is crying, feeling like he's unworthy, feeling like he's not good, feeling like he's unholy and he can't run to God. And God's saying, here I am. Son, daughter, here I am. I took away your sin for my own sake. I took away your sin for my own sake. And the heart's over here crying out, I want to be free. But I don't know how. I want to be loved. But I don't know how. I just know rejection. I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I come to you, Father, that you'll reject me like my father did. Jesus, I'm afraid if, you, if I come to you, you'll reject me like my husband did. Holy Spirit, if you, if you come to me, I'm afraid you'll reject me because I'm not good enough. I'm not clean enough just like my friends have done. And all along, he's saying, no, you don't understand. I love you. I love this heart inside of you. I can take care of that sin. I got this. Don't worry about it. Just come to me and have relationship. Climb into the lap of the Father and let him just brush your hair, women. Let him rub your back, men. Come to him as a little child. You cannot have the kingdom of God unless you come as a little child. And you come and you climb into the lap of the Father and just say, here I am. He'll teach you about love. He'll take away the thorns. He'll take away the arrows. He'll take away the fiery darts that the enemy has shot into you. And he'll heal your soul. He'll deliver you. He'll heal your body. He loves you. He did it for his own sake. He sent his beloved son. Jesus Christ to the cross to be spit on, to have his beard pulled out, to have a crown of thorns crushed onto his head, to be beaten 40 times so his flesh is dangling from his back. To take all of the sin, the most pure and holy Jesus Christ, take all of the sin for all mankind Upon him and he died, yet he rose again.
And he sat down at the right hand of the Father of God. The right hand of the power of God in Ephesians 1. Far above all principalities and powers in rulers of darkness and heavenly places. And he took you and he picked you up because you accepted him. And he seated you in heavenly places inside of Christ Jesus. And he made you an heir to the kingdom of God. He made you a joint heir in Romans 8 to Christ Jesus. Do you know that you get everything Jesus gets? Greater things will you do because he goes to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit. Why don't we believe this stuff? Because you're living out of the old well and the old well speaks to you. The old well has voices that speak to you and condemn you and put shame into you and cause guilt and condemnation. Who is it to condemn? Who is it to condemn? You don't have a right to condemn yourself and the devil doesn't have a right to condemn you. So I command his voice to be silent in the name of Jesus Christ. Shut up and don't speak to us anymore. If you've condemned yourself, I'm asking you now, repent. Let go of the debt. You don't have a right to it. If Jesus took it away, which he did, if it's not even yours, which it's not, if it separates you from the love of God and God sent his son to die for your sins for his sake, then who are you to say you can't enter into the presence of the Father. That's rich. Come on. It's awful quiet in here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this Holy Spirit is pricking your heart this morning. I hope you're getting set free as I have been set free and continue to get set free. In Jesus Christ, there's always more. I haven't thought that I have attained it, but I'm still pressing on. I'm pressing on, and some days are easier than others, but I press on. I press on, forgetting what lies behind. I press on. I press on because in the present, now, now, now is God's love. I don't care if you didn't have it one second ago. Now you do. I don't care if you're living in the old well a minute ago. Now you're in the new well. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to close with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God is restoring the hearts to the Father. Will you be restored today? Today is your day. Even if you can just give him a piece today, he'll take it. 
and he'll have such a party in heaven. We can't be a church that comes to church on Sundays and goes home and lives a worldly life the rest of the week anymore. It's time to burn. It's time for the fire to fall. We need to have the wood, the hay, and the stubble burned up inside of us. Let him do it through his spirit. And you just say, here I am, Father. Here I am. What do you want to do today? I need your love, Father. I need you to show me love because I'm not getting it from other people. I've just known rejection all my life. That's, that's honesty. I don't trust you, Lord. I'll just be honest with you. I don't trust you. He says, that's okay. Come up here. I'll teach you that you can trust me. He doesn't get offended at you. He already knows what's in your heart. You're the only one that's hiding it. In relationship is honesty. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. But I don't feel like a new creation. Mm. Maybe it's because you're not in Christ, you're in your past. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying you're in your past. You're in your condemnation. You're in rejection. You're in trauma. You're in fear. That's not what the Bible says who you are. If anyone is in Christ, seated with him in heavenly places, I don't deserve this, Lord. Thank you for your grace. I tell them all the time. I don't even know why you chose me for this. I don't even understand it. Why me? Have you seen the things that God's doing through this ministry? It would blow your mind away. Blind ears or blind, blind eyes, deaf ears, lame are walking, cancer's being destroyed, tumors are falling out of people. We were in Kenya and and woman's ministering to her and she rolls around, seven demons come out of her body. She was sick in bed for four days, had a high fever. It took her 20 minutes to get out of bed when we got there. She had a tumor, a huge tumor in her belly. She was going in for surgery that Wednesday. This was a Monday, I believe. We want to pray for her. Seven demons came out of her, rolling around on the floor. We went home after she got delivered. She was at work within one hour. She came on that Sunday, and she actually bought a pulpit for the church, which was... A blessing. And, and she testified that as she was rolling around on the floor, the tumor came out of her like a puff of wind. Wow. That's, That's our God. That's Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. I just prayed for a family member that was in the hospital, had sepsis, pneumonia, and uh, something else, three things. He was all feeling dark and down and beat up. I started to pray for him, and he began to cry. And he's like, something happened. Like, man, my gut tightened up, and then I just was free. 
He, he, got, he got up, turned on the lights, went to the bathroom for the first time in three days and began to eat. Two hours later, pastor, they took a blood test and the sepsis was gone. That's Jesus. He's awesome. He's healing people today. He can use you. All you have to do is believe. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. These signs will follow those who believe. Wonder why the signs aren't following? It's because you don't really believe. Because you're stuck in the old well. But not after today. There's going to be an anointing that's going to be released in this room. And some of you are going to begin to walk in the signs and the wonders. Some of you are going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to be healed. Some of you are going to begin to cast out devils in his name. If you only believe, that's all that I've done. People will tell you, probably, I don't understand it, but people will say probably what Vince did is he became willing and obedient. And he believed. It's not real complicated. He stopped believing in himself and stopped believing in him. This is for you. This is not just for some evangelist up here. This is for you. You are the church. Rise up, church. Rise up. Believe in him. The new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you know that if you leave here today and you go leaving with your past, now you're in sin? I want to make it so dirty for you to leave here with your past today. <laughs> That you just get up here and get set free. That you'll get up here and just throw it on the altar and let it burn as a sweet fragrance to the Lord. Because he wants you. He wants you. Jesus died for this. Let the Father be glorified in the Son. Because you gave up your past. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God. Who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you're suffering. Stop believing the lie and believe the truth of the word of God and be free, church. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against us and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We are 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who know no sin so that in him, not in you, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. If you start to live out of Christ, you will become righteous. Do you know that your sin doesn't separate you from God? Your past does. Because you live in it. Because you agree with it. Because you believe in it. Repent today and turn away from that past. If, if parents got to get the kids, and um, it's 11.30, so... But come back quickly. <laughs> Maybe filter out one by one or something, but come back quickly. You don't want to miss us. Do you know that in Christ, you have relationship with, G with the Father God at all times. You are pure, you are holy, you are just because of Jesus Christ in him. In him. In him. In him, not in yourself. It's the gift of God that no man may boast. It's the gift of God. It's a free gift. It's his love. Walk in his grace. Receive it. The problem is, is you're maybe working to get to this point. Stop working and be a receiver. That's one thing that I've learned to do well. I receive. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I stumble and I get back up again. I can't go far away from that love anymore. Why would I turn back into rejection when love is here? You just don't understand it. You don't comprehend it. Because the world doesn't teach it to you but it's in the spirit realm. Set your affection on things above and not on the things of the earth. Christ died for you. I'm going to minister a little bit longer and allow some people to come back in and then I'm, I'm going to give an altar call. I want you to start to speak to the Lord in your hearts. We need to repent, church, for believing in the old well, for believing in our past, for having faith in it, making it our truth, making the traditions of men our truth. The truth is, is the word of God. Radically believe in the love of that word. Radically believe in the love of that word. Today is your day to begin the process of being set free. You may not get so, totally set free today of your past. Maybe you will. But you can begin the journey. Now is the time. Now is the time to have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now is the time to be imparted with an anointing that'll break the yokes off of your life. Now is the time 
to be set free from rejection. Now is the time to be filled with the truth of the Holy Spirit. Now is the time. Now. It is now. You can never miss the mark. If you can't do it today, then do it tomorrow. But I implore you, in the name of Christ Jesus, do it today. Try it out. The Bible says that I will never leave you or forsake you. So how can you become too dirty that he doesn't want to fellowship with you? Galatians chapter 5 verse 4 says that if you are under works that you have severed and cut yourself off from Christ you who would be you 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 who would be um, read, uh, what is Galatians 5 I'm going to mess that up now Can you put that up on the screen is that possible You are severed from Christ. You who will be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Jesus is not found in your works. You become an idol of your own self. If you think that your righteousness or your goodness will lead to a relationship with Christ, you have become your own idol and you are in idolatry. You have severed and cut yourself off from Christ, you who will live under the law. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Your works under the law count for nothing. But only faith Working by love. You want to know why you don't have faith? It's because you don't have love. In your past, you can't have love. In your past, you're not accepted in the beloved. If you want to encounter Christ Jesus, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, thank you. If you, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to walk in the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have to receive his love, it's the only way. I want to tell you a story. After I had that meeting with those people and the revival came into the room. A few weeks later, a couple weeks later, a friend came to me and said, hey, listen, I've seen this guy, Randy Clark, on YouTube. He said, I I think we should go back. And I was like, well, where is it? It's in Pennsylvania, like 40 minutes from where I live. No, like I came to Colorado to go to Bible college. I'm not going to leave Bible college to go to a conference. I got my conference here. He said, Vince, just watch the video. I watched it and I began to cry. I'm like, this is love, God. What's happening to these people? They're encountering you. It's love. I'm like, I got to have this. This is love, real love. I called him up. I said, no, I'll go. We flew back to my parents' house, stayed at her house. 
the first afternoon, Randy's up here. And he said, well, we're just going to do impartation right away. I'm sitting in the third row where, where this woman's sitting, right on the end seat. And he just prayed, come Holy Spirit. And he started to pray. And I started to shake. I started to cry. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on here. Something's happening though. He said, if you feel Holy Spirit, if you feel something happening in your body, then I want you to come front. Because I want to touch the people that God's encountering first. I got out of my seat there and I come front and he comes up off the stage and he lays a hand on my head and says, more Lord. That's all he said. And I fell right to the floor like a sack of potatoes. This power hit my body. I'm laying on my side like this, shaking in a fetal position. This power was coming in the top of my head and going out the bottom of my feet. Wave after wave of power. I have a puddle of snot on the floor. Literally, I have a puddle of tears on the floor. And I lay there shaking under this power, wave after wave for two and a half hours. I encountered it seven more times, or four more times over seven hours over the next four days. I would come home and vibrate in my bed at night. You want to know what that power was? Don't seek the power. You want to know what that power was? It was the liquid love of God being poured in the top of my head and coming out the bottom of my feet. It was an amazing and incredible love. I've never experienced it like that. It can't even be put into words other than to say liquid love. It was coming wave after wave after wave and my body was just going, oh! And I knew if God turned up the dial a little bit, like I would literally explode. His love is so powerful to know the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of God's love that passes all understanding. You can search after his love all of your life. You can make it your mission statement. You will never fully understand it. It's his being. It's his essence. It is his love. If you're flowing in power and you don't have love, you're nothing. The well is found. Revival is found. The anointing is found in love. It has to come unto you so that you can give it away. You have to carry it. But he wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. You're his favorite. He died for you. I'm going to soon pray here. I want to share one more story. 
Listen, you don't need to fall down on the floor and be shaken and vibrating under God's love to, for God to change your life. You can go home and be sitting in your living room and have an encounter with God. You could be driving down the street and have an encounter with God. It just comes through surrender. Here, God, take my life. Here, God, come into that dirty place. Here, God, come into my addiction. Just love me through it like Vince says. And then I'll know you love me and I'll get set free by grace. And you'll never think it was about you. I can't even ever think it's about me. I messed up so bad in my life. But he's the redeemer. A few months later, uh, actually, I want to share something. Are, am I okay? Are we running? Are you guys okay? Okay. Amen. You know what happened after that encounter? It's by the fruit that we know. Like I could be shaken on the floor and have a powerful encounter and go back into my rotten life and nothing changes. But it's by the fruit. I get on a plane four days later and I fly back to Colorado Springs. But I have a layover in Chicago and I'm rushing through the airport. And, and, and uh, we get to the terminal, and, and I think I have a word of knowledge for this guy over here, and he's sitting on the other side of the terminal uh, waiting for his plane. I come over, and I say, hey, like, I don't know, like, I think, like, the Lord's saying this about you. And I began to tell him some things, and he's looking at me like I have three heads. <laughs> he's like, I, no. And I, he might have even said, get away from me, honestly. <laughs> so... I just, I just did the best thing that we can do. Hey, I'm sorry. I was just practicing. <laughs> and, I, and I walked over here. <laughs> because if you don't practice, you're not going to get it right all the time. You have to practice. You have to discern and, and, and hone your giftings. I go over here and, and there's a... They're boarding the plane already. We have just rushed to get there. They're boarding the plane. And this woman uh, wearing a, a, a U.S. Air Force hoodie and a gold medallion on her chest was boarding the plane. But she's walking like this. And the Lord said to me, Vince, I want you to pray for her. You know what my response was? Uh, God... Didn't you just see what I just did? <laughs> and he said, Vince, I want you to pray for her. Uh, okay, God, I'll pray for her. If you're telling me to pray, I'll, I'll be willing and obedient. But you know, I got on the plane. She's sitting in front of me up against the window. I'm up against the window on the, and on the other side of the plane behind her. The whole flight into, Colo into Colorado, I'm like, I have every excuse in the book going through my head. Like, God, she's against the window. I have to get over these people. Then I have to go over her. I have to pray over her over those people. What if she doesn't get healed? What if something doesn't happen? Then you're going to look bad. Come on. Right? How many times will we use that excuse? <laughs> I made all these excuses. And finally, we're taxiing in. I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry, God. Like... I, I'm not going to be able to catch her now. I, I ticket in my bag. I have to get it ready as soon as I get off the plane. And, and do you know the first time and the only time I've ever heard this, 
all the times I've flown. The captain comes over the speaker and said, you know, today we're going to do something different. Everyone with a ticketed bag, you're going to pick it up at the carousel. I was like, oh, I just said that. I just gave him my best excuse. And I said, okay, God, you got me. I'm going to pray for her. I catch up to her going up the chute, and I just said, hey, ma'am. I said, what? We're walking up. I said, what, what's that gold medallion on your shirt? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm in the U.S. Air Force. We, I, we play rugby, and we won this. Oh, thank you for your service. Thank you for winning. I said, what? Can I ask what happened to your foot? She said, well, when I was at the bottom of the pile, somebody stepped on it, and I heard it crunch. I think it's broken. I said, wow. I said, can I pray for you? She looked at me. I'll never forget that face. She looked at me. You want to you wanna pray for me? She's walking. She's hurting. How many of you walk and hurt? And you just say, I just want someone to pray for me. I want someone to come beside me. I want someone to love me. Where is that one? And she just said, yes, that would be great. Thank you. And she kept on walking. And I knew what was in her mind. Because we do it all the time. Hey, I'll pray for you. And you go home. Okay. And you, you know, do one of these things. Oh, Lord, help them. And then that's it. There's no serious prayer to it. You just said, I said I would pray. I'll just do this. I said, no, I want to pray for you now. You want to pray for me now? This tear began to form in her eye. I said, yeah, let's just go into the, into the terminal. We go into the terminal. She sets her stuff down. I pray for her. Simple prayer, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command the bones to regrow. We speak to the mountain, command it to move. I command in the name of Jesus. i hardly seen any healings up to this point. Just, just a few. I get done praying, and she's, just, she's got some tears in her eyes, and she gives me the three biggest hugs. And she's like, I'm like, no, well, how does it feel? She was going to leave just with the prayer. She just was glad she was being loved that she's in such pain. And she began to step around like this, and she's like, oh, I, I still feel pain, but something's happening. It, it's not as bad as it was. Oh, hallelujah, let's pray again. <laughs> let's just pray again. God's doing something. My faith is rising. Her faith is rising. I pray again, and this time she walks across the terminal. About, I don't know, from here to the wall away, and she's just got these tears. She's just wiping these tears away from her face. And she comes back and said, it's getting better. Let's pray one more time. I prayed one more time, and she goes across the terminal from here to the other wall, and I see her over there with her back towards me, and she's standing on one leg, just wiping tears. That's the bad leg. Her foot's been healed right there in the airport. That's the power of Jesus. He's alive and well, and he's moving on the earth today. He's moving on the earth today. A few months later, I go to another conference in Boulder, Colorado. This time the speaker was William Wood, and he's up front, and he, he just says, if you want to encounter Holy Spirit, 
come front. I came front. And he began to pray, standing on here. Come Holy Spirit. I've never seen anything like it to that day, but a wind came into the room. And I had my eyes closed. I'm in the good receiving, this is a good receiving position. Okay? <laughs> I don't push anybody down, by the way. Never will. I don't expect you to fall down. But if you feel the Holy Spirit, don't resist it. Go and yield. I'm like this, and I feel this woman over here grab my arm, and I go boom like this. And I look over here, she falls down and bully pins a couple people. I look over here, and this woman right beside me, she falls out. I look across the room, and people are falling out all over the room, and the preacher's still on the platform. All Holy Spirit. But you know what happened to me? Absolutely nothing. I didn't feel anything. I'm there like, God, like, hello. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not leaving here until you touch me. I need you. God, I need your love. I need you so bad. You need to touch me again. And his wife came over, or he came over and put a hand on my chest and began to pray for me, and my hands just began to shake. But I didn't feel nothing. I'm not falling down if I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not feeling anything. But my hands are shaking. And I just said to the Lord again, he's, you know, he wants to know how bad do we want it. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, maybe you, maybe you didn't hear me. But I'm not leaving here until you touch me. I'm not leaving. You will touch me today. I need you, God. I need you so bad. I need you to touch me. I need you to change me. I need you to heal me. I need you to deliver me, God. I need you so bad. I need you to touch me. And his wife came over and she put two fingers in each of my hands. And she said two words, breaker anointing. And that, the power of God hits me again. I'm on the floor for an hour and a half. The same thing that happened before. And this anointing comes into my life. The anointing for deliverance. And I began to steward these giftings. I made mistakes. I fell down. I got back up. I learned. I've just always kept my focus on him and his love. I don't care what the devil's doing. I care what God's doing. My focus is on Christ. But in that, when we find demons, we kick them out. You see, how bad do you want it, church? How bad do you want it? If you're hungry, then I want you to come front here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come all the way up close to the altar as you can. If you need a healing, come front. 
really just come today to just encounter love. Encounter love.